What's up, everybody? My name is Holden. I run my YouTube channel, FSM Holden, where I do breakdowns of all professional Madden gameplay. And what's going on, guys? My name is Pete Lights Out Califato. I am owner of MaddenDaily.com's website and YouTube and also competitive player for over 10 years. And this is the Madden Insiders podcast where we will be bringing you the inside scoop on all things competitive Madden. Now, uh, we're kicking off the podcast here in the middle of Ultimate League, and Pete's going to go ahead and show you guys exactly what that is. Yeah, if you don't know what Madden Ultimate League is, it's something new that competitive Madden is bringing to the table this year. It is the final event for competitive Madden, and 16 competitors make it. You have the winner and runner-up from the Madden 18 Classic, which was the first big tournament of the year. Then you have the winner and runner-up of the Madden 18 Challenge. And then the winner and runner-up of the Club Championship, which just ended. And that was every representative of each NFL team. And then you have the top 10 players for that have the top MCS points to conclude after all three major events. Now, the prize pool for this First place, the winner of the entire Madden Ultimate League is going to win $100,000. You have the runner-up getting $70,000. Third and fourth place gets $40,000. Fifth to eighth is $20K. Ninth to twelfth is $12.5K. And 13th to 16th, even though you didn't do so well, you're still getting $10,000 for being a part of the Madden Ultimate League. Yeah, definitely not a bad day at the office, uh, considering a lot of these competitors have also been in and around and placing very well in the tournaments leading up to this ultimate league and so they're all looking at definitely a nice payout for the madden 18 season um now the structure you have four groups of four players so you have elite conference division a and b along with the legend conference division a and b and so we're going to go ahead and dive in straight away to the elite conference division a uh, which has the players um if you guys watched the first week uh, you definitely heard about this matchup between ghosts and joel along with blocky the winner of the miami dolphins club series and then prodigy who made a deep run at the madden challenge tournaments in that mutt draft mode so getting in uh to the the first matchup like i alluded to right there ghosts and joel uh, just very very loud matchup from joel and really seemed like he caught Ghosts a little off guard, perhaps, with that run-and-shoot offensive playbook uh, that he broke out and really, you know, had Ghosts on the back foot in terms of how Ghosts likes to play defense, which is, you know, very aggressively. Right, so coming off Ghosts' Madden Club Championship win, he was the winner representing the Redskins, they literally had to play the day after. So I'm a good friend of Ghosts, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, Joel's a great competitor. But I want to say that he was very high off his win and kind of... It's hard to say he took the game lightly because Goes and Joel have... They have a deep rivalry that has been going on for a few years now. Um, just even playing friendly games where, you know, on stream and Twitch and they, they've played each other a ton of times and they're always talking back and forth with each other. So this is nothing new with them two just being in the same division and why Joel was capping at goes and goes, you know, capping back after the game. This is a heavy rivalry, which I'm definitely excited to see to find out what happens in the second game. Joel got the best of goes in the first one, and it wasn't pretty. And you could talk about, if you want, what exactly you've seen from that game and how Joel was able to 
beat Goes, who who looked invincible during the club championship. He looked unstoppable with that West Coast bunch, and Joel just you know got multiple stops for him. Yeah, I mean, really, up to that point, Ghost was you know steamrolling almost everybody he was playing. You know, he ran through the Redskins Club Series. Oh, obviously, won the club championship like you alluded to right there, and then just ran into the brick wall of Joel, who really seemed like he went back to the lab after running that single back wide trips formation a lot earlier in the year, and then with the patches and you know Jukes not being so good anymore, he had to switch it up. Went to that gun spread out of that uh, run and shoot playbook. And now I uh, just came out and really, I think Ghost might have just been the sacrificial lamb in terms of he just so happened to be the first one who had to run into Joel running this exotic offense that, you know, no one really expected. And so can't really blame him for being caught off guard in that sense. But yeah, Joel had a lot of success. Um, you know, Ghost likes to run that crossfire style defense, as do a lot of these competitors. And Joel had a day against that 5-for-5, five five, 66 yards against Crossfire, and was just really having a lot of success spreading Ghost out, running that gun spread, to where Ghost just was getting stretched horizontally. And a lot of guys like to, you know, commit that entire middle of the field to their user defender, and against this style of offense that Ghost was running, or, or Joel was running, rather, um, you just can't do that, because... You have the two slot receivers you have to worry about. Joel was running some four verticals, so you have to worry about getting attacked in the seams. Joel was doing a great job of mixing up his play calling. He was, you know, every now and then he'd throw a hitch route to a slot receiver. He'd have a deep cross coming from, you know, one of his wide receivers out on the, uh, you know, the outer half of the field. And so there were so many, you know, threats that Ghost had to worry about coming over the middle of the field. And he just really, his user ended up in no man's land a lot of the time because, he had so many things he had to watch for at the snap of the ball and he really did seem caught off guard by that run and shoot offense from Joel and one thing I wanted to see more from goes was going with what worked and that could have been because he wasn't sure exactly what Joel was going to run with the run and shoot but you know goes has been having a lot of success with the nickel 335 Tampa 2 and he started off he thought he was going to be better with the crossfire and it didn't work so well by the time he went to the 335 game was kind of already in Joel's hands for him to to run the ball more and kind of drain the clock he got a lot of stops on defense I would say that's probably the biggest thing for that game was that goes you know pick got so many picks I've never seen him get that many turnovers and when I spoke to him after he wasn't concerned about the game he told me that you know he just he tried to bomb him way too much and he just went out of his game. I watched a highlight of yours when you when you covered how Joel stopped him, and he had routes open. There was several times where he had the post open, and he was just looking to bomb uh, the fade. And based off seeing yeah. the dollar, I think he I think he just I think it was the I think it was the really honestly the rivalry between the two. I think it was like who gets success in that game and at a fast pace like you want to score fast and kind of stick it to that person and I think you know that could go sour pretty quickly after a couple picks and with the way West Coast that scheme is although it is very good um and you can get big plays I feel like you kind of want to either be tied or or have the lead with that offense once you go down with West Coast it's definitely not going to be as good so I'm not concerned uh if I'm goes with that game I definitely would feel great if I'm Joel getting that big win. Uh, you know, Joel goes coming from, again, the club championship winner. 
A lot of people thought he was going to win that game. Joel proved that even without the Jukes, he's still a force to be reckoned with. And now you have to see what Prodigy and Blocky could come to the table because honestly, again, like I don't think this is going to affect Goes. I think that he is going to bounce back. I do fully expect Goes to make it out of this group, not just because he's my friend. He is a really good opponent. And I just don't know who is going to be on top of that group. It could be Joel. And I'm definitely excited to see what happens for that rest of Division A. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I mean, harking back to that game, I, I wouldn't say it, you're crazy if you think that, you know, Joel did get into Ghost's head a little bit. And like you mentioned, Ghost even said himself, he was so focused on bombing it. And that's what it seemed like. It seemed like he just got flustered and was missing, you know, those easy, you know, 15, 20 yard reads, but he wanted to get it all back in one play and basically to, to shut Joel up because Joel was you know, screaming at him the entire time. And that's how you do it is you throw a you know 80-yard touchdown. Now, I will say Joel was pressing a lot in that game out of that cover three shell from Crossfire. And so those bombs were there uh, for Ghost throughout the game. He actually hit two big ones, but he, he was trying to go to it a little bit too much. Uh, but like you said, I think it'll be exciting to see how that group shakes out because you do have another player who does run that West Coast and nickel 335, uh, Blocky, who basically mirror schemes with ghosts who also runs those offenses and defenses and then you've got you know prodigy who we haven't really seen much since the madden challenge and that was a mutt drafts tournament so you know what is he going to bring out on offense and defense and he's kind of an unknown quantity but he's proven to be a very good player so i think that'll definitely be an interesting storyline going forward for that group a and from playing prodigy this year and last year i definitely played him more last year than this year I remember him being a jack-of-all-trades player, good at everything, not great at one specific thing. Um, I don't remember him being dominant like as far as like run stick or passing the ball every down. I just think he gets it done on offense and defense, and that type of strategy works really well in Muttraff, so I'm interested to see how that transfers to Madden Ultimately, kind of similar to um, a different division, but Tweez, who was really good with the reg style of play. I'm interested to see how he transfers his game into Madden Ultimate League salary cap. Yeah, for sure. Tweez is definitely, I'm very excited to watch Tweez, who we really haven't seen since that Madden challenge. And like you said, it was regs-based. That's what he's known for. So I'm very interested to see what kind of strategy he brings to the table in this Ultimate League. And speaking of Tweez, that's going to be the next uh, division we go over, Division A from that Legend Conference. So you got Tweez, Drini, Echo Fox Joke and Dot City Chaos. So definitely some heavy hitters. Drini obviously won uh, the Madden Challenge that Mutt Drafts. Joke has been, I mean, it seems like he's been a top three player in the world over, I mean, at least the past two years, in my opinion. And it seems like every time he gets close to getting that belt, getting that belt, it's just, it doesn't work out for him. It doesn't go his way. And so I know he'll be looking to make a deep run into this Ultimate League, like we just touched on Tweez, and then even Chaos, who you know had some success at some Challenger events, went out to the Madden Challenge, I believe it was, or it was the first tournament, it was the Regs tournament with Tweez, and uh, he ended up, I think, making it to the groups and then falling in that first game, I think, to Tweez. And so, uh, I mean, he's kind of a wild card in this group. You're so gosh darn bad, bro. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Yep, that's, that's uh, definitely what he's famous for. I think that, that video on YouTube has like 400,000 views. So definitely the most viral 
you know, Madden YouTube video is of Chaos screaming <laughs> about how bad the game is. Uh, Chaos is a great guy, and he had a lot of success this year with the Gun Trips tight end offense, which is another popular offense, I would say, besides Gun Bunch Week. It's then Gun Trips tight end, in my opinion, because uh, mm-hmm. you could do a lot out of it with both running the ball with draws and inside zones, but also attacking all sides of the field. So I am definitely interested to see how he does with that offense. I'm assuming he's going to stay in it. Um, going with Tweez, again, I don't know exactly what he's going to come out with with um, Ultimate League. Like in regs, he ran a spread offense, kind of like the single back version of what Joel brought out to face goes. And he, I, th- I think he ran West Coast, if I'm not mistaken. But um, that type of style, I don't know if it's going to work the same in Ultimate League. So I know Tweez is a very offensive-minded creative player he ran tight flex very very well uh last year and and years prior so i'm interested to see what he comes out in i don't think it's going to be the single back spread but i do feel like he will be successful on offense and then you have drini and joke again that was the the week one game where joke beat drini and like you said uh joke almost blew that game the same way you know he blew the game versus deliverance and he he seems to do this man it frustrates me because Joke is a really great player, and every time I see him mess up, it's all like mental breakdowns. It's not yeah, like someone exactly. made a crazy adjustment and he and he fell for it. It's like he's he's it's moving the ball wounds. effortless. Yeah, it's like he'll move the ball effortlessly, and then second and four randomly pick pick six off the same defensive coverage, and it's just you know something that he really has to fix honestly. And if he can fix it. I think he can make a run, uh, but he, he can't let that happen because someone like the likes of Drini, Tweez, and Chaos will not let him make a mistake and come back to win the game. Finally, Drini. Drini, again, like you said, won the Madden Challenge, and he ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. It was at the point of the year where running the ball was the, the move. Uh, trucking backs, juking. Uh, if you got a good a good back in much drafts, you could rely on that. And he did mix with his defense. He played really good defense in the, the Madden Challenge. And, I mean, Drini is a great player. First year officially competing just like Joel. And they both, you know, really made a case of being some of the best two players getting to the Ultimate League as far as the top 16. Now, with Drini, um, playing him really early on in the year, I was able to to beat him in the, in the New York City tournament. But he at that point of the year, this was really early, I said to myself, this is the best player right now. Even though I, I won that mm. game, um, he was running Miami, and he was passing the ball really well, playing great defense, You know, still running the, pretty much what he runs now, just a little bit differently. That was before um, the 91 zone patch. That was you know when the, when the zones were all messed up. But you know he was really, really impressive, and he kept that all the way to winning the Madden Challenge. Now, I will say, he didn't look that great in the club championship. Um I don't know, and he didn't look that great. He he was decent. He, him and Joke, it was hard to see. We didn't see the final portion of that game, but I think Drini does need to step it up, and I'm, I'm assuming he, he did make the necessary adjustments to step it up and either take the division or make a strong pull going into, you know, being a, the final six out of this Legend Conference. Uh, I don't know. What, what was your take with Drini in clubs and both versus Joke? I mean, in the clubs, he ran into the, it was the Chiefs representative, I believe uh, he went by, was it DJ? Uh, he's Correct, kind of a, yes. He's kind of an unknown, but uh, he was running that uh, pistol bunch tight end from what I could see, so 
Um, kind of an unconventional offense. You don't really see that that much. And yeah, it just seemed like Drini was making some very uncharacteristic plays on offense in terms of just forcing the ball downfield a little bit too much. I know Drini kind of transformed, like you said, into more of a run-first player as the year progressed, and he, he peaked definitely at that Madden Challenge where he ended up winning it all with that running game, you know, running a lot of, uh, at that Madden Challenge, he was running a lot of gun trio offset inside zone. And so he, he tried to carry that over into his first round Ultimate League matchup against Joke, and Joke was really able to contain Drini's running game. And uh, when Drini was forced to kind of open up the field and open up the playbook, uh, he really wasn't able to do that too much. Now, the fourth quarter did get cut off of that stream, so we don't have the full gameplay and the full stats of it. But up until that fourth quarter, Drini was 6 for 7 for 31 passing yards. So through three quarters, he had 31 yards through the air, which is a pretty low, uh, certainly for his standard. So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how he adapts and evolves as the ultimate league goes on. And I think he'll definitely have to kind of expand the playbook a little bit. I know he has a lot of tools that Miami playbook is very diverse in terms of their single back and shotgun selection. So I think we'll see him get it together. He's obviously a world-class player and he is in a, a rather tough group. I think joke has an incredibly high ceiling. I think at any given moment, he can be the best player on the planet. Tweez, obviously, is a, a kind of an unknown, but I think he also has an incredibly high ceiling. And then Chaos has shown that, you know, he's he's capable, more than capable of taking out, you know, big names and, and making deep runs into these tournaments. So I think, you know, obviously every single group is tough, uh, but, you know, he's got his work cut out for him. And he's going to have to figure it out quickly if he, he wants to stay on top and at least finish, you know, top two in this group. Yeah, and I think one thing with Drini, I think he's going to be, if there's one player that makes constant changes game by game, I could see with him using Miami's book, if he stays with Miami's book, there's so many different formations, like you said, I could see him maybe changing up his lineups. Uh, for those that don't know, you have, I think, 35 extra players yeah, 35. that you could have at your arsenal that you could change. Um, through each game, changing the playbooks and stuff like that. So I don't know if Drini has an identity on offense. I can't I can't seem to think of a, a, a strict identity that you know he's going to be like, Chaos, you know he's going to be in trips. Joke, you know he's going to be in West Coast Bunch. Tweez, I'm not sure what he's going to bring, but whatever he brings to the table, he's probably going to be in a main formation. I feel like Drini can mix it up and, and go around his, his offense. Um, so I could see him making some changes with his salary cap depending on who he's playing, both offense and defense. Certainly. He was uh, one of the more, in that Madden challenge, he was definitely one of the more diverse players. Now, Mutt Drafts kind of lends itself to being more diverse because players don't get their, you know, 99% of the time they don't get the primary playbook that they want. And so that lends to more variety. But even now, you know, he's still hopping around to a lot of different formations, whereas other guys usually stick to, you know, one or two certain formations. Um, Something I did want to touch on real quick with this group was Tweez, kind of the original practitioner of that West Coast offense before, you know, the gun bunch got super popular with, you know, mesh post dig HB out. Uh, but Tweez brought that gun bunch, or not the gun bunch rather, but the single back spread to that Madden Classic, the Regs tournament. And that's kind of what yep. caught the world on fire in terms of the Madden community when everybody saw this guy, you know, running single back spread whenever you know you had guys still running gun bunch back then but it wasn't the west coast version and and Twice was having 
a lot of success running this unconventional offense that, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm for him. You know, he's not an unknown, but he hasn't really made huge splashes in these EA sanctioned tournaments before, coupled with the fact that he comes out with a very, you know, unorthodox offense and he gained himself a lot of fans and obviously a lot of respect in the Mad community. You do have to note, though, that that single back spread that was pre, uh, that was reg, so only 191 zone he was going against, which is Earl. So it's definitely going to be a lot tougher to, to use that same type of scheme with a ton of 91 zones all over the place. So I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, he might stay with it. And if he does stay with it, I'm confident that he's confident that he can stay in it. Um, but I don't know. I'm interested to see what he comes out in. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if he changes it up and is not in single back spread. I definitely could see him maybe, you know, not being in Gun Bunch Week, but being in something else that's effective that, you know, not a lot of people are in. Maybe even Trips Tight End is something that I could see him possibly using. But I'm definitely interested to see what Tweez is running now because we haven't seen a lot of him after that Regs tournament. For sure. And and I'm probably slightly biased towards him because he is one of the few guys uh, that I actually have met down here at a local tournament and he's He's a super nice guy. I got to talk to him for a while and uh, definitely deserves all the success that he's had this year in Madden so far. So uh, Division B of that Legend Conference, you got Problem Dubby. So that was a big matchup on that uh, first week. And then along with those two big hitters, you also have Musafa Jones, who really came out of nowhere, part of that EMB group. And, uh, you know, runs the West Coast on offense, 3-3-5 on defense. So uh, kind of, I don't want to say a mirror image of guys like Joke and Ghost, but uh, he does play a similar style. And then you have True Boy, who's really been a name in the community, who makes a lot of live events um, and kind of runs unorthodox offenses. Uh, This year he's been running a lot of single back. I saw him in single back, you know, jumbo, and not the – typical jumbo heavy but just like the three tight end you know like wing pair wing tight wing whatever and so uh he was you know doing some different unorthodox stuff out of that so i think this group in particular um has some wild cards with between musafa true and even dubby who uh, we're going to get into his matchup against problem who uh, you know runs that gun tight offset tight end formation a lot and really looked like he was having some trouble once Problem was able to stymie that rushing attack, uh, that combo out of that formation with the inside zone 01 trap. Uh, Dubby kind of looked lost running uh, that dig, or not dig HB out. I'm so used to saying dig HB out. Uh, but uh, the gun swing, uh, Y out HB swing out of that gun tight offset tight end formation uh, where he really had trouble moving the ball through the air. So I think it'll be, this group's definitely going to be interesting and I think has a lot of potential for some surprises. Yeah, I think this is the group where it's really going to, matchups is really going to play a, a big part. I could see, you know, you know, Problem beat Dubby. I could see Safa beating Problem. I could see, you know, Dubby and True battling it out and one of them winning. And then, you know, like I just bouncing back and forth of like no dominant person, but each person, you know, winning games based off matchups. Like when you've seen Problem versus Dubby, Dubby just did not match up well versus Problem. You know, he didn't have his team set up to stop the run, both on, you know, actually stopping it and then also stopping the truck. So he, you know, problem was getting great yards. And then whenever he did have a defender there, he was trucking him. So, so Dubby, you know, has to go back and make sure next time he plays problem, he gets those secure tacklers out there 
to stop the run. Um, also offensively, I just I don't know if it was because of problems three three five and the way that he ran it. But you know, even even besides that game, just word on the street with that offense was to blitz it. And that's all I heard about the gun side offset TE is just you have to blitz it, blitz it, blitz it, blitz it, and you will have success. That's what I would have ran uh, on defense was an aggressive blitz style against it. And that's because it's a tight compressed set. You can't really motion. The people you can motion is the outside receiver, but it kind of takes away from the scheme. Um, nothing quick to the sidelines. I mean, you can technically, you can make anything with adjustments, but you're able, you have a lot of flexibility to blitz the corners. Um, that's what Problem did out of the cover too. He was blitzing the flat zone and then usering that side while also blitzing the nickel on the opposite side and kind of forcing you to get the ball out fast because the corner out in that Y out play gets open versus most zones. However, you, you know, you have to have the time to, to, to use it, right? So if you're going to use that with the, with the defender and send heat, you kind of now have to check down, check down, check down. Um, and what you've seen from Dubby was just a lot of Henry trying to establish the run with 0-1 traps, which does good typically versus 3-3-5, but that only gets you so far um, trying to battle against Problem who was doing well on offense. So, you know, you can't just run 0-1 trap all the time. So Henry did well for him. Michael Vick did well for him scrambling. But I just think as a whole, that gun tight offset TE, it didn't work out against I just think 335 works really well against that and a lot of people run 335. In my opinion, I think Dubby should get out of that offense and I think he will. I don't think Dubby is a dumb player. I think he's a very smart player and I think he knew. It wasn't like problem just I mean he did dominate the game, but it was kind of like Dubby it just I don't know. Like he just he couldn't do it from that set against what problem was trying to do. I think problem I think Dubby is going to, you know, maybe switch to West Coast or something uh, a little bit more mainstream that stops a lot of the popular defenses. Uh, West Coast Bunch does decently against the 335. So I could see him switching to that. Um, as far as True and Safa, you know, I play Safa a lot. I play a lot of the EMB guys all the time. And I knew Sa- it was Safa's time. I thought it was Safa's time for the Madden Challenge. I told him. Um, I forgot who we lost to for that. But Musafa is re- very, very good. And he's. I, I tell Goes all the time, like, he's right there with you. They play very, very similar. Uh, Goes just has a little bit more experience. But um, I wouldn't sleep on Safa in this. I could definitely see him beating any of the four. Um, yeah, I don't see sure. him dominating the group. I don't see anyone dominating the group. But Safa is very good on both sides of the ball. He runs West Coast very well. He runs three three five very well. So he could easily beat Problem W or True. Um, but like I said, I think it's going to go back and forth. Now, to end it with True Boy, I haven't seen much of him, but I do know that he is in Jumbo. I believe he's in the Cardinals book. And for those that don't know about me, I love Jumbo offenses too. So he plays very similar style to me, tries to go with a different approach than the nation. And I love that about him. I would say he's a much, much better runner than I am. So for running under center sets like Jumbo, he's going to have really good success. I, I just don't know how he's going to go. It's just ho- so hard with this group because literally all four guys could be running different things, right? Problem is running a lot of single back stretches, the two tight ends. Dubby might stay in New Orleans. Safa in West Coast, true, let's say Cardinals. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get from from each game. I could see True dominating on the ground versus someone and then at the same time struggling. And when you're in three tight end offenses, it's kind of tough to go down. Once you go down, you know, 10 points, it's just it's just hard to come back from that. So 
Um, I'm just I'm interested to see what True does. I'm I'm assuming he's gonna uh, have a offensive line that he's gonna spend a lot of cap on his offensive line. He's gonna try to really establish the run. And like I said, if he keeps the game close in any game that he's in, or if he gets a lead with ball, I could see him winning those games majority of the time. It's just he cannot go down and he can't go down fast because it's gonna be really hard to come back when running three tight end schemes. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's it's hard to predict because they all run something different. It's not like you have, you know, two or three guys who run West Coast on offense and, you know, three through five or crossfire on defense and then the last guy might be a run heavy. It's literally, you know, problem, single back, a lot of stretches, dubby, a lot of gun tight offset tight end, which, you know, nobody else is really running. Musafa in that West Coast and then True Boy running the single back jumbo. So just very contrasting styles that it's like you said, all gonna come down to matchups and you know, Dubby potentially could have some problems if, like you said, he stays in that gun tight offset tight end formation because Problem and Safa both do run the nickel 335. So I could see him having some matchup problems with that. So I think he will definitely take a long, hard look at potentially changing up the offense, especially considering, you know, lab partners with Skimbo. Skimbo's been on West Coast for the majority of the year. Um, I could definitely see Dubby making that transition over to the West Coast playbook. I mean, he had decent success running the ball against Problem out of that 3-3-5. Uh, he did average almost 12 yards a carry with that 0-1 trap. However, he busted off that 84-yard touchdown on the first play of the game, uh, which really inflated that number. Without it, he was averaging about 4.5 yards per carry. So he was still pretty effective, but he kind of dug himself a hole uh, and Problem you know, jumped out on him after W ran that, that first play touchdown. And so he kind of had to go to the air a little more than he wanted to. And, and like you said, that defense, very aggressive, blitzing all the time. Uh, Dubby got sacked six times, and then he was forced to scramble another six times off of his uh, 22 passing plays. And so uh, he only got off eight pass attempts. So he dropped back 22 times and got off eight passes. And so it's just kind of like, you know, that kind of tells you he was having a lot of problems staying tall in the pocket and being able to have time and make reads and it, it kind of goes back to the pass protection problems out of that gun tight offset tight end formation. So I think just the development of this group is going to be very interesting going forward. And uh, I, I think problem right now would be the favorite. But, you know, obviously you got guys like W can rebound. True is a tried and true contestant. And then, like you said, Safa's looked very, very good over the past few weeks. So I think it's anybody's group, but I would probably lean slightly towards problem in this one. Yeah, I think you have to, like I said, because of the matchups, every game's going to count. And the fact that he has that first win, W has the first loss, you have to say that that win was big. I think that's going to be the bigger, the biggest win out of any other division was that first game problem over W because I just, I could see problem losing some games. I could see each person losing some games, not only in their division, but in the other divisions. And this is going to be the ultimate, this is going to be the story of the ultimate league with all 16 being very good players so um every game is going to count problem has that first win on w again i think w has to change it up man because safa is a heavy blitzer out of that three three five two and true is known to be a defensive player who will blitz and you're not going to know what type of blitzes he'll come at you because again he wants to be different so if i'm w i'm switching i i have michael vick i want to use michael vick i'm not going to be able to use michael vick if i can't pick up the pressure 
Uh, you can only block one person in gun tight offset TE unless you do motion blocking with receivers, which, you know, is going to affect your passing game. But that's another story. Um, I definitely see W bouncing back and going to West Coast, having a lot more success there if he if he's comfortable with the offense. I see Safa. is He's in a groove right now. Um, a lot of people don't know about Musafa, but he, he comes up with a lot of what EMB runs. He is one of the the heavy labbers, both with the team pick, picking the right players on salary cap, and you know helping the offense get better. He he helps with with their version of the of the West Coast bunch. So he definitely knows what he's doing, and he's looking good in it. So I think it's it's all going to be a mental thing with Safa too, because you're facing against known heavy competitors and W and problem and true. So you just, you, you can't play the name. You got to play your game. And if he does, I could see him getting out. Honestly, I couldn't really tell you in every group who's not going to get out. Cause it's just, it's so hard, hard so to loaded. say with all six. Yeah. All 16 players are unique in their own ways and are all really good in their own ways. So that's going to be a very, very tough division. I think that again is going to be the closest division out of all of them. I don't see a heavy favorite in that division. Although again, you can say problem is the favorite because of that win. For sure, yeah. I think that division, and, and like you said, it's just loaded in talent this year, these 16 players. So it, it's hard to even, you know, pick a favorite out of any of these divisions. Nonetheless, you know, predict who might move on. Yeah, I think it's just going to be, you know, interesting to see how they all develop. And I think every single group is going to end up being, you know, going down to the wire. And it's going to come down to those final games. Right, and as, and as each... Right, and as each week goes on, we'll update you guys on what we think and based off what we see. Again, there's not a lot of what we've seen. We didn't get to see Tweez, Chaos, Musafa. Well, we see Musafa, but we didn't see True uh, much in club. We didn't see Prodigy much. We didn't see... Well, we've seen some CVJ, but for Ultimate League, we only seen each game for each division, which was four games total. I think a lot of changes are going to be made both to slight adjustments to scheme and also the players. So as the weeks go on and as we get to see how each opponent is facing each other and how the matchups work, I think we could get a better idea of who's going to move on for each conference. All right, we're now going to get into Division B of the Madden Ultimate League. Skimbo, Kiv, Spot Me Please, and Stevie J. We actually have a special guest, Stevie J. What's going on, man? How's it going, man? Good to be here doing good buddy like it's crazy the year that you had this year compared to last year getting to the 33rd spot out of 32 mm-hmm. must have been the craziest <laughs> thing oh man yeah I don't know how you it was feel. i just like it kind of it kind of crushed me but then i just used this motivation and this was the ultimate goal to get to the ultimate league so we've accomplished that goal but definitely not satisfied with just that so you guys played exactly. uh your group you got kiv skimbo and spot me now Kevin Skimbo had a huge game where Kiv ended up edging out Skimbo 2017 mm-hmm. um did you have any thoughts on that game two players they play very similarly yep. both west coast on offense both uh Patriots defense yeah um, um just that like just gotta make them be uncomfortable on offense because like if you give them the same coverage every single time they're gonna they're gonna dot you up and down the field so just gotta exactly. just gotta make sure you know their tendencies and just uh, try to capitalize off of that. But they're both really good players. Obviously, Skimbo has multiple belts. Kiv got to the finals of the Madden Challenge and made every tournament last year. Like 
And Spami's a really good player too, as a belt. So I understand if people aren't gonna like pick me to get out of the group or whatever, but that's if I listen to what people said, then I I wouldn't be here. <laughs> there it is, exactly. Yeah, man. And and Kiv and Skimbo surprisingly play as close to identical as possible for for two people that <laughs> yeah. for two people that don't lab together. I mean, they you pretty much could could lab against both of them pretty much at the same time uh, yeah i kind of am i mean there's there's slight differences obviously but like both run west coast both run similar plays um like on defense like kit runs three through five odd flipped skimbo doesn't um but they all made they each make some um, certain adjustments out of it but they both make good reads and just gotta make sure that nothing's open or if something's open have the pressure get there beforehand yeah. yeah, I do want to talk about Skimbo just for a second. Last year, mm-hmm. he was obviously very proficient on offense. This year, he started off hot, uh, but lately he hasn't looked super good. Um, he's been running, obviously, that West Coast package, dig HB out a mm-hmm. lot, and he hasn't really had much success with it. Like last game against Kiv, I've right here, he went one for seven for nine yards and an interception, running oh, dig damn. HB out. Yeah, so do you think... Are you expecting him to kind of go back more to the corner strike based offense that he was running and having a lot of success with like last year and early this year or uh, just um, any expectations? I mean, as you said, he, like the numbers don't lie. He hasn't had that much success with it lately, but as a player like that is going to make adjustments and he might mix in a new form, new uh, setup, might mix in other plays, but I'm ready for anything out of West Coast Bunch or just anything in general. I play West Coast Bunch every day for months, so there's yeah. really not much I haven't seen out of it, and I'm I'm pretty well prepared for that. Something I noticed. Yeah, no what they throw. Some, Go ahead. Something I noticed from Skimbo's game is he'll kind of get a feel of your defense and then work limited plays and setups based off that defense. So like, yeah, the Skimbo Kiv game. He played different than the problem game, where the problem game, you know, he didn't go to corner strike at all. But then, like, to me, I thought he ran corner strike or tried to attack the sideline so much that both of them did to where the point, like, there was barely any any help in the middle. Everyone was just trying to stop the sideline. So it's like Skimbo seen Kibbs D, and that's what he wanted to attack. So it's like the fact mm-hmm. that you play different on both sides of the ball, I think, is something that all three of them are going to really have to, have to account for and... And they can't mm-hmm. just set up their team against you because they have to worry about West Coast Bunch and Spot Me. And then you're coming in with a different attack. I think that's something that, you know, they really have to, to look into and, and look out for. Yeah, I think so too. Um, like, obviously, when the players like that, like, they want to be, they want to feel comfortable on offense and defense. Everyone wants to feel comfortable. But if you're facing something you don't see normally, and you haven't really faced it, it's going to be kind of tough when you first see it. I'm sure they're going to watch film on me, but like it's a different thing when I'm making the adjustments to what they're running specifically and when they face the defense and my offense in, um, just during the game. But, yeah, I try to mix up coverages as much as possible just because, like, like I said earlier, you tell them what you're going to run, they're going to pretty much pick it apart. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For kind of the not unknown quantity in this group, but I guess he's a little overshadowed, especially with guys like yourself and Kevin Skimbo. But Spot Me, 
hasn't really had the loudest year in terms of results. Mm-hmm. He made a good run in the club championship, but um, I mean, are you expecting anything different from him? Like, I know he runs a lot of gun bunch tight end. You know, Joel whipped um, out the run and shoot. Do you think like Spot Me might try and deviate, or you think he's gonna? I'm know? pretty sure Spot Me is gonna be sticking to what got him here. Um, bunch, bunch tight end, dollar on defense. That's mainly what. That's mainly what he runs. He's been running that for years, and he's comfortable in it. He makes good reads, makes good adjustments. So um, he's a really good player, and he definitely like earlier in the year he may not have put in as much time as he did later in the year because it definitely showed that he like put in the work for the club championship because he was really good. And I've seen him play like Ghost and other people um, in EMB, and like he's done really really well, and like he looks really hard to stop, and he just. He just plays really well, and he's a smart player. But I, I don't really expect him to do anything like too wild. Like he, he's probably gonna stick to what got him here. Maybe not reinvent himself totally. Like Joel, I mean, the reason he had to reinvent himself was because his offense was based around like running the ball to wide trips and like the jukes and spins, which like it worked. It got him to the final four of the Madden Challenge. But when those got ticked, kind of toned down a little bit, he had to find an offense that could move him up and down the field and um he had a few bumps in the road versus goes but he ultimately like won the game and um he definitely had it was definitely a unique approach and um i think that's something to be commended for but i'm looking forward to playing him and uh and everybody so that's division a which has goes joel prodigy and blocky so you're gonna need to play them as you go out there you're playing your division each person in division twice right and then goes Joel Prodigy Blocky once. Now, question I have for you, I want to know your take on this and not necessarily your strategy, but the fact that you can strategize on this is mm-hmm. the amount of players that you could bring at, at, at your, you know, disposal of adjustments of, of yeah. yeah, like what do you feel about that? Do you do you like that addition? I love that. I think it's something that was definitely needed because going into a tournament like the club championship like knowing i didn't because like my first opponent was rage like a boss and i knew he wanted to run the ball so i may have to make sure that i had people that were higher block shed but maybe not necessarily higher in power move or speed or whatever um to pass rush and then like it turns out my my game was against hot shugs and he wanted to pass ball game and Masafa wanted to pass ball all game and i would have rather had people who could rush the passer than block shed and ultimately you can, you can have a bench of players that you can like sub in and out for each game and you can really game plan for your opponent because like like bill belichick isn't going to play a certain personnel versus every team like if he's going to beat you with a nickel defense against like a passing attack then that's what he's going to do if you're a running team he's probably going to run more base defense and have players for that as well and unfortunately we have a salary cap well not unfortunately i love salary cap the mode but like it's not mad an ultimate team where we can't have goons at every position so i really do love the addition and um yeah i'm really excited yeah i think it's huge just from a standpoint of you know playing against a guy like problem who you know wants to run the ball right down your throat so going mm-hmm. with uh you know secure tackler heavy lineup and that scenario yeah. would benefit you a lot more than if you had to play someone like a ghost who might run the ball, you know, six or seven times in a game. Yeah, yeah, definitely understand that. And it's um, like they've definitely, I give the competitive division, 
credit like they've listened to our concerns and like they've they've definitely catered a lot of things that have helped competitive players this year so i'm definitely grateful for all that the game right now is at a, at a really good point i think it's the best point of the year for, for madden they, f- mm-hmm. they fix the jukes um, it's unfortunate that it for, for those that are in ultimate league it's great <laughs> for everyone that has it yeah, it stinks yeah. that you know now the game is good when there's nothing to play for other than yeah. ultimate league but um yeah no they really did they, they really do listen uh on twitter when you meet them in person uh any type of feedback and i, I definitely give them credit for that mm-hmm. i like the addition of, of the of the, all the players being ha- having that at your disposal i kind of feel like you right now in your group though i feel like it would work out better for you if you if they didn't have that because it's like yeah it's like you're they have to respect you but at the same time they have to respect all the passers in your group and i feel like yeah. if you couldn't make would, the changes would, yeah you I would agree. be even better but i mean i guess it just I worked mean, out that way it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me at that point like i played shugs and his defensive lineman had higher block shed than my offensive lineman and and my offensive lineman had a run block and I still ran for like at least like 150 yards and ended up ultimately winning the game. So even if you can like block shed me, like I can still find a way around. It's not like I like trucking is obviously an effective thing, but it's not like I only rely on that. So like secure tackling and block shedding, that's going to give you like the best chance to stop a runner. But like, that's just common knowledge. It's not like I'm just putting the book out on myself, but like, that's not like, the only thing like you have to have sound run defense in general just with run fits and stuff like that so and i've obviously been working on passing out of tight thoughts and other formations because i mean you can't run all game sometimes sometimes you can (laughs) but uh that's obviously preferable because like it's probably i mean i don't know if it's easier to do now because juking and spinning is it's kind of tuned but I don't know. The games, like, I feel like offense is hard now. Yeah, for sure. People don't, and I I know people don't like that. I personally love it because the game should be hard. It shouldn't be like it was in the beginning of the year at the New York tournament where, like, everything was open. You could throw a corner out every down, no matter the coverage, no matter anything. Like, everything was open, and I hate games like that because, like, people who just don't know how to make reads everything's open so they don't have to make a read they just pick a receiver and they're open <laughs> yep yeah well I, I think the 91 zone thing really increased the skill gap this year because the guys who are willing to lab and willing to you know go yeah. in and find the concepts that worked against 91 zone defenders are still able to you know air it out at this point in the year whereas a lot yeah. of the more casual players they didn't put in that time and you know yeah. they're throwing five interceptions a game like something like last year like people that relied on high pointing and stuff like that a lot of them just didn't make it into ultimate league or they didn't like this year like you still see like the highest caliber passers like ghost skimbo kiv spot me like they're all in ultimate league yeah and like like dubby's in ultimate league like all everyone who can pass well is they're they're here so like I really don't, I really don't think people are like, oh, this game doesn't have a skill gap. Like I, I disagree. Like I, obviously, I'm in a good position to say that, but there isn't. I don't think there's a lot of like, like BS that happens during each game. Like where I'm just like, wow, that's ridiculous. Other than like maybe trucking and like the team dumbing out, but now you like have secure tacklers and you can help out with that. Yeah. Or 
if you like break a tackle battle and like the team goes dumb like those are two those are probably the biggest issues and like they're not nearly as game breaking as anything we had last year right there i would say the jukes were probably the biggest thing to kill the skill gap just because it was so easy to do at the time and and you're two up to two people are getting juked out and sometimes you have no control but i think once they fix that i think the game really balanced itself out with you know trucks although good you know, you're still given your yeah. chances. It's still, uh, you know, you possibly can fumble. You can get mm-hmm. hit. You have the secure tackling to, to stop it. I, I wouldn't say it's, you know, like watching watching Problem have so much success with the trucking. Like like you said, people just w- didn't have the team to, to stop him. Yeah. When he when he beat Skimbo, um, Skimbo was prepared for his AFC East and didn't have any block yeah. shutters on his line and... and and paid the price. Same thing with W. He was getting trucked like crazy. So next time someone plays him, mm-hmm. you have to get the secure tacklers out there. And, and you know, it's, it's a Absolutely. part of, of strategy. Yep. Yep. And that's how it should be. Like, we're, we should be able to game plan for our point. Like, we believe we can change our playbooks and such as well if we so choose. I'm not I'm not quite sure on that. But I, I'm, really, I'm not going to change anything in terms of playbooks. But might change sets I use or plays I use for certain people. But... I just, I just like the more control you give the players. I, I just think that's that's the best yeah. thing you can have. For like, sure, hundred percent. Increase the amount of strategy. Yeah, mm-hmm. is this only gonna be good for the game? Yeah, because I feel like Madden. A lot of people just think it's just like, oh, we just spam like the same plays, and like there's a lot of adjustments that go into it, and based off your opponent, there's a lot of like chess matches going on in the games, and it's kind of like real football where like. Peyton Manning has a Peyton, or Tom Brady has it plays um like Luke, Luke Kuechly and the Panthers like the middle linebacker and the quarterback are gonna have like a, a chess match all game of like adjustments and like that's what it's all about that's what we do in Madden yeah exactly that's why I like where the game is now um to where 91 zones a lot of people were complaining about it cover four in the beginning cover two which is so good people were running it stock and like you said the better passers once once you put in the time to, to lab how to beat it both running and passing then you can you know work the adjustment game on offense and defense no no defense is perfect unless you make the key adjustments yep. to take away what your opponent wants to do and that mm-hmm. that comes into preparation so i'm interested to see the the 10 games that you guys have to play and the differences between each mm-hmm. game of what what adjustments you're going to make and and the film you're like everyone's going to watch to to correct them as far as changing the players on their team and maybe you know making slight adjustments to their coverage yeah i i'm i'm definitely interested to see because this is the first league of its kind for madden so i think it's going to be really cool so yeah definitely an exciting time two names we didn't talk about that you're going to have to face prodigy and blocky do you have um any input on them any any have you been watching um, film on them they're both good players i watch film on blocky uh prodigy's actually my teammate noble but i'm still gonna still gonna try to take them down they both run west coast and um, i know blocky runs three three five on defense um i don't know exactly what prodigy runs on defense but i'll definitely be scoping that out but um they're both good players they're there for a reason but um i mean i like my chances versus anybody at this point yeah i think prodigy the only tournament we saw him in this year 
was it the or the most recent Madden. one at least was yeah. the Madden Challenge, which Madden was Challenge. which was Mutt Draft. So you didn't really get a chance to yeah. see exactly what he likes to go to. Yeah, I faced him in the beginning of the year at the Vegas tournament that I won. I beat him in the final eight by one point. Like I had no idea who he was, but like after that game, I knew who he was. Like he put up <laughs> a hell of a fight. Like he was a good. He was obviously a good player, and like he obviously showed up. Showed this year, he got to the final event and made it to the final four of the Madden Challenge. But he's definitely he's definitely good. He knows what he's doing, and um, he's gonna be a tough out. Yeah, he he's really the guy this year. I mean, I'm looking at the field for Ultimate League. I mean. Him and Musafa would probably be the two this year that are kind of came out the yeah. blue in terms of mm-hmm. you know never heard before. Tweez made a lot of noise early this year, but I think he made some noise last year at some live events. Yeah, some of those he won like challengers. The Austin Challenger, and yeah. um, yeah, he like Tweez is Tweez is really good on regs. Um, mm-hmm. I played him this year, and like. Uh, I don't think he plays salary cap much, but I'm I'm sure he's put in the time to play salary cap over the past few weeks and months going up to Ultima League. So I'm just I'm interested to see how he does. Like I wish him the best. Like he's a friend of mine, so I just I I just want to see how how it works out because he's kind of an unknown. Like people don't he's not on the leaderboards. He's not playing like money games and stuff like that. So I'm just I'm interested to see how he does. That's true. Yeah. The game the game changed so much from the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Not to say Tweez isn't going to show up and be really good. Yeah. I have full confidence he will. He's always a, he's always people, a good yeah, player. A lot, a lot of people thought that at the, the Classic he was going to go in three, and he like he won his group and got to the semifinals and went to overtime with Skimbo, who won the whole thing. So, like, he was definitely tough, and I think it's not in people's best, not in people's best interest to sleep on him. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely a wild game, him and Skimbo. That was yeah, that was nuts. Pete, you have anything else for Stevie? Uh, just want to you know thank you for coming on to our first podcast. Shout, for sure. Shout out to Noble Stevie J, and uh, I just feel like man, if, if you if you could have the D for West Coast, you're looking really good in, in your conference. You had like you said, a lot of people are, are going with the West Coast. I think um, you're going to be able to prepare for a large portion of your conference then they can prepare yep. for you. I think people just think, oh, I could stop halfback dive, I'm going to win versus you, which is clearly not the case. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think preparation is really going to come into it for for you to – well, I mean, three out of the four get out of your group, right? Or six out of the conference get uh, out. It's six out of the eight, so there is a possibility that everyone in my group could get out, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, the goal is to win the group because then if you win the group, you go straight to the – quarterfinals and yeah. you get like a guaranteed extra seven and a half grand from going from the round of 16 to the round of eight or round of 12 to the round of eight so that's always ideal <laughs> but yeah awesome man well we wish you the best out there and don't be a stranger come back on right. yeah thanks appreciate y'all having me on all right later stevie thank right, you later All right, that's going to do it for the first week of the Madden Insiders podcast. Thank you so much for joining us talking about week one of the Ultimate League. We'll definitely be covering that more and more going forward. Uh, Also, we're going to be posting this on multiple outlets. So whatever outlet you're watching on, definitely it would mean a lot if you could leave a review or even leave a comment and just let us know what you thought of the podcast and any feedback is good feedback. So that's going to be it from us. Once again, I'm Holden. And I'm Lights Out.
and we'll see you guys next time. Later, guys.